Patrick Shanahan will take over for the time being. Day two of the government shutdown. Nobody's quite sure when it will end. We push the pause button until the president, from whom we will need a signature, and Senate Democrats, from whom we will need votes, reach an agreement. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the Senate doesn't get back to work until Thursday. Indonesia's Disaster Management Agency is still holding the death toll at 222 from yesterday's tsunami sparked by a volcanic eruption. That number is likely to go higher. This is SRN News. Larry Elder believes we can find the money for the wall. Since its inception in 2016, Amtrak has received $71 billion in taxpayer-funded grants. $71 billion. And you don't think we have enough money for the wall? The Larry Elder Show, afternoons at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio, just past 1 o'clock. So have no fear, the Narn Closer is here. It's the Brad Carlson Show coming up next on AM 1280, The Patriot. Wixon Jewelers reminds you there are just two days till Christmas. Diamond stud earrings are always the perfect gift. Shopped an incredible collection of styles, shapes, and sizes at Wixon Jewelers, just off 35W in Bloomington. From the Wixon Jewelers Studios, High of 30, tonight mostly cloudy and a low of 17. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1... The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, hey, feel free to do so at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow. For any comments or questions regarding today's show content, and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Yes, we are live in studio today, a mere two days before Christmas Day, and uh, we hope you and yours are having a blessed holiday season thus far and wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, programming note, I will be out next Sunday. Mitch Berg will be filling in for me next Sunday. I have a, uh, uh, I'm out on assignment. Well, I have a work trip. I work a day job during the week. Come on now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my uh, uh, employer takes it. I'll be out of town next weekend. So uh, Mitch will be filling in for me, and I appreciate anytime Mitch has the opportunity to fill in for me, as you listeners probably do as well, because Mitch is a, a longtime radio veteran and terrific insights. And uh, I, I consider Mitch's program, any program that he hosts, appointment radio, and I know you do too. So I just want to get that programming note out there. Uh, wanting, and I also want to transition now to uh, some from news from this past week, You know, because we are a news analysis program, I guess you could say. 
And I made a comment that this past week was President Donald Trump's most chaotic week since well, two weeks ago. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, it seems like everything that goes on with that administration is just uh, is seeped in chaos. And, and a lot of it is brought on by, by Trump himself. Let's be honest. It just is. And the one thing I've always said about a Trump administration, I've made it known from day one when Donald Trump was elected president uh, two years ago, I said, okay, uh, I'm very uneasy about a Trump presidency. I opposed him every step of the way during the Republican primary process. I uh, was pretty much of the mindset I didn't want either him or Hillary Clinton to be president, but I didn't think a third party uh, had a legitimate shot. I mean, you know, Gary Johnson, uh, Evan McMullen, uh, Daryl Castle, the Constitution Party candidate for president who actually appeared on my program during the state fair 2016 so i can cross that off my bucket list i I interviewed a real life presidential candidate nevertheless i didn't feel the third party had a legitimate shot even though you would have thought that that particular time frame was ripe for a third party challenge but it never came to fruition but all that's a digression my point is is that i was uneasy when trump was elected but i was willing to say okay let's see what he can do Somehow, some way, he managed to weather all the stuff that was thrown in his path. Again, even a lot of the chaos during his campaign was self-induced. So I said, okay, I'll give I'll, I'll give him a chance. And there have been some things by which I've been pleasantly surprised and some things by which, yeah, I sadly predicted this is kind of how things would be. But the one thing I always maintained was that as long as he is surrounding himself with wise counsel, with good people, with those who are putting their country first, and they aren't working for a man, i.e. President Donald Trump, they're serving their country as patriots. And the two people in his administration whom I could always point to as the proverbial adults in the room, U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley and Defense Secretary James Mattis. For those of you who follow politics, I think you know where I'm going with this. Nikki Haley tendered her resignation about what, a month or two ago, I guess. Uh, just said, hey, it's time to time to move on after a couple years. Now, this isn't unprecedented for people to resign, you know, within the first half of a term. I mean, President Obama, I think, had, what, three different defense secretaries in his second term, if I, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, this isn't this isn't unprecedented. But I will say the 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 sheer volume of those who have been fired and or resigned from the Trump administration has been a bit unsettling. But like I said, as long as Nikki Haley and Jim Mattis were present, I was good. Well, Nikki Haley, like I said, resigned about a month or two ago. And yes, this past week, Defense Secretary James Mattis decided to uh, move on. Well, President Trump spun it on Twitter saying we thank uh, Jim Mattis for his service, General Mattis for his service, but he's decided to retire. Um, Nah, no. Uh, I mean, he may not, I don't know if he's ever going to work again. In this case, yeah, he would be effectively retired. But to say that he's decided to retire just to to kind of get away from the working life is not entirely accurate. Because James Mattis, to his credit, tendered his resignation letter. It was very a, a very articulate, well-written letter. But it was also very firm. And if you read carefully, you could see that, yeah, Mr. President, God bless you, but our ideologies aren't aligned, and here's kind of some parting advice as I, as I move on. And 
You know, will the president decide to take it? I'm highly skeptical, considering that he said, yeah, James Mattis has decided to retire. Didn't really answer any of the criticisms. And David French at National Review wrote a uh, kind of a sobering analysis of, of Secretary of Defense, or for, soon-to-be former Secretary of Defense. As we just heard on SRN News, uh, James Mattis turns out his resignation will be effective January 1st. Initially, it was going to be near the end of February. You know, give President Trump ample time to find a replacement and go through the confirmation hearings and, and whatever else. Well, now that's been expedited to January 1st. So David French's piece, Will the Nation Heed the Warning Jim Mattis uh, Delivered? Uh, defenders of Trump have long argued that his worst impulses can and will be tempted by the good men and women in his administration. And when they listed the good men and women, the first name on that list was always James Mattis, the legendary warrior, the honorable Marine. But what does an honorable Marine do when he has an irreconcilable conflict with his commander? No, he does not write anonymous essays for the New York Times. He cannot disobey lawful commands. But he also cannot, in good conscience, execute plans and policies that he believes are destructive and wrong. So the honorable man resigns and states the reason for his resignation. That's what Mattis did, and America should heed his words. And you can find the full text of his resignation letter anywhere online, but as uh, David French indicated, the letter is nothing short of a rebuke of the president's habits, philosophy, and decisions. Uh, I want to highlight two excerpts in particular. Both of them send a clear message to the president. Here's the first, and this is from uh, Secretary uh, Defense Secretary Mattis's uh, resignation letter. One core belief I have always held is that our strength as a nation is inextricably linked to the strength of our unique and comprehensive system of alliances and partnerships. While the U.S. remains the indispensable nation in the free world, we cannot protect our interests or serve that role effectively without maintaining strong alliances and showing respect to those allies. Like you, I have said from the beginning that the armed forces of the United States should not be the policemen of the world. Instead, we must use all tools of American power to provide for the common defense, including providing effective leadership to our alliances. NATO's 29 democracies demonstrated that strength in their commitment to fighting alongside us following the 9-11 attack on America. The defeat ISIS coalition of 74 nations is further proof. <clears throat> okay, uh, yeah, uh, and I agree. That's a great excerpt that David French hired in this piece of, of Mattis's resignation letter. Because Trump has been highly critical of NATO, of not pulling their weight, not paying their fair share. Whereas Mattis says in his defense letter, or a defense letter, resignation letter, uh, NATO's 29 democracies demonstrated that strength of alignment, that is, of being a, a strong ally in commitment in their commitment to fighting alongside us following 9-11. Okay? Very clear shot across the bow to the president, who was constantly critical of, of NATO nations. Another excerpt that David French highlighted uh, was um, he called for Trump to be uh, resolute and unambiguous in his dealings with Russia and China. Then he says this, My views on treating allies with respect and also being clear-eyed about both malign actors and strategic competitors are strongly held and informed by over four decades of immersion in these issues. We must do everything possible to advance an international order that is most conducive to our security, prosperity, and values, and we are strengthened in this effort by the solidarity of our alliances. So again, he underscores the alliances here and alludes to malign actors, specifically 
China, whose military capability is quickly surpassing ours, if it hasn't already, and Russia, who Mitt Romney identified back in 2012 as our largest geopolitical foe. He was summarily dismissed and condescended to by then-President Obama. But then it's then there it was learned that Russia hacked uh, basically hacked the 2016 election or did did some uh, t- hacking to influence the 2016 presidential election. And Jim Mattis, I thought he wrote this very eloquently. He's highlighting his credentials without, you know, sounding so arrogant. It's like, you know, he could have very easily said, you know, Mr. President, I've been studying this. I've been immersed in this stuff for 40 years, 40 plus years. Okay, you just came out of Trump Tower a couple of years ago. Yet you're going to tell me how we're to interact and how to conduct foreign policy in an effective manner. All right. But he, he stated it very eloquently and with a tremendous amount of people skills and basically said, look, Mr. President, if this is how you want to run this country, this America first, where you pretty much shut out our allies and, you know, for lack of a better term, alienate them at times, count me out. All right. So this is a, uh, you know, as I said, I've always been uneasy about the Trump administration. I wish someone would you know, somehow deactivate his Twitter account or let him think that he's sending out tweets when they actually aren't seen at all. I mean, it just because he just constantly undermines himself, President Trump, that is. But like I said, I always took heart in the fact that he had tremendous people within his administration, within his cabinet. And now the two people that I mentioned most that were most prominent, U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley and now Secretary of Defense James Mattis, both, you know, are both moving on, right? So this is a very, very sobering time, and you know, will the president learn from this? I, I haven't seen anything, any mindset that he's demonstrated over the past couple of years that he's capable of being deeply introspective. And this whole thing with the government shutdown now, because he, he, he vowed not to sign a continuing resolution that would fund the government through February without funding for a border wall, Okay. And this is something that is of his own fault, or at least his administration, because he had an opportunity some time ago where if he would have allowed DACA recipients to stay, basically the children of illegal aliens you know, that were born here in this country, you know, the young people, they're here through no fault of their own, but through the illegal actions of their parents. And the idea was, how could you send these young people back to a country where they've never even resided? I get that they're technically citizens of other countries because their parents were citizens of those countries and are here illegally. But the idea was, is that, you know, allow the DACA recipients to stay and in exchange, you'll get Democrats would enough Democrats would acquiesce to, to funding for a border wall. And the story goes that Stephen Miller within the president's administration declined that particular aspect of the deal. So we've kicked the can down the road so far to where we're literally a couple of weeks away from swearing in a new Congress where the Democrats will have control in the House. Then you're never going to get a border wall. So Trump realizes, look, I have to stick to my convictions. I need a border fence. And I appreciate President Trump being willing to fall on the sword for the shutdown and being willing to risk reelection prospects for a border wall. Which, let's be honest, uh, if he's realistic about it, he doesn't have much of a chance to be reelected in 2020. We'll see. A lot can still happen. I get that. But uh, I don't know if he's capable of carrying on the attention span of keeping the shutdown going. So, uh, wow. 
crazy past week, to be sure. Uh, today's mu- bumper music theme, you've probably ascertained it, Christmas music. My favorite Christmas songs cover, my favorite cover versions of these Christmas songs, I, I guess you could say. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Step into a Chet's Red Wing store this season for great gift ideas for the hard-to-shop-for person on your list. We have comfortable sheepskin slippers for men and women, as well as a variety of socks, belts, inserts, and other great accessories. Don't forget our gift cards, available in any amount. Come see us in Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Visit our Chet's store in Columbia Heights for New Balance snow boots for men and women. The soul of a sneaker, the heart of a boot. Remember, if the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher, inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel in December of 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating places on Earth. And you'll share experiences that will change how you view the world. Walk the ancient temple steps. Touch the Western Wall, sail on the Sea of Galilee, pray on the Mount of Beatitudes, the list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. The 10-Day Stand with Israel Tour, December 2019. Join Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on the Stand with Israel Tour, December 2nd to the 11th. Register at am1280thepatriot.com. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Have yourself a merry little 
Christmas. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. And you can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. From now on, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm not a huge country music fan, but the Vince Gill version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is just one that is, uh, uh, what do the kids say? Gives me all the feels, warms my heart, I guess. <laughs> And I mentioned, uh, I posted on my Instagram story that I've had the CD for over 20 years, so it's been a staple in my household every Christmas uh, for over 20 years. Uh, Vince Gill does a lot of tremendous covers on this uh, particular Christmas album. Uh, But this one, uh, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, my favorite probably on that whole CD. So there you have it. Uh, continuing with the news from this past week, uh, the, from the file, this particular story can be filed in uh, a file entitled Awkward. Uh, yeah, Der Spiegel reporter uh, Klaus Realosius, who once won a journalism award from CNN back in 2014. I don't remember specifically what the award was called. Yeah, he got busted for essentially peddling fake news. This is from The Guardian. Uh, Earlier this month, he won Germany's Reporter of the Year for his story about a young Syrian Syrian boy, which the jurors praised for its lightness, poetry, and relevance. It has since emerged that all the sources for his reportage were at best hazy, and much of what he wrote was made up. The falsification came to light after a colleague who worked with him on a story along the U.S.-Mexican border raised suspicions about some of the details in Ray Alosha's reporting, having harbored doubts about him for some time. The colleague Juan Moreno eventually tracked down two alleged sources quoted extensively by Ray Alosha's in the article, which was published in November. Both said they had never met Ray Alosha's. Ray Alosius had also lied about seeing a hand-painted sign that read, Mexicans keep out, a subsequent investigation found. Other fraudulent stories included one about a Yemeni prisoner in Guantanamo Bay and one about American football star Colin Kaepernick. And then uh, John's, uh, make sure I get the author right of this, Uh, John Sexton with Hot Air also wrote about a story that... uh, Local angle alert. We should have some sort of siren when there's a national news story that has kind of a local angle. Uh, but anyways, uh, Dear Spiegel, let's see. Yeah, here it is. Dear Spiegel wrote a story, um, or excuse me, it was uh, one story Ray Alosius wrote last year was about a small town in Minnesota called Fergus Falls. If you're guessing that this was a Gorillas in the Mist style feature designed to make middle America look bad, you are exactly correct. Michelle Anderson, who lives in Fergus Falls, remembers meeting Ray Alosius last February when he came to live in the area for three weeks to supposedly get a clear view of small-town America. Now, Fergus Falls, I guess, voted overwhelmingly for Trump in the 2016 election, like over 60%. And it's typically, you know, an outstate DFL type of area, but they voted overwhelmingly for Trump. Well, Michelle Anderson... uh, indicated that she was immediately skeptical about Ray Alosha's motives. Uh, I know I'm not the only rural advocate and citizen that is wary about the anthropological gaze on rural America in the wake of the 2016 elections and has struggled with how or whether to respond to the sudden attention and questions when before we really didn't matter to mass media at all. Suddenly we do matter. 
but only because everybody wants to be the hero pundit that cracks the code of the current rural psyche. There are only two things those writers seem to have concluded or are able to pitch to their editors. We are either backwards, living in the past, and have our heads up our arses, or we're like dumb and daring animals and that just need a little attention in order to keep us from eating the rest of the world alive. Uh, Continuing with Sexton's piece from Hot Air, when Der Spiegel finally published his 7,000-word story on Fergus Falls, Michelle Anderson found her own town unrecognizable. She and a friend were so skeptical of so many details that they set out to catalog the errors in the piece and worked on doing so for nearly a year. Today, after word broke that Ray Alosius had been fired, Anderson published a list of top 11 errors in his uh, piece on Medium. Here's a sample which gives you the kind of America-bashing garbage this guy was serving up to his German readers. Uh, This is what Ray Alosius wrote, and what follows is the fact check of his statements. So Ray Alosius wrote, Andrew Bremseth, who I guess is the city administrator, uh, would like to marry soon, he says, but he was never together with a woman. He has also never seen the ocean. The fact check? Ray Alosius chose to uh, put the spotlight on Fergus Falls City Administrator Andrew Bremseth as the main character in his article. We have spoken to Bremseth at length regarding the parts of the story that featured him, and Ray Alosius got three facts right. Bremseth's age, that he grew up in Fergus Falls, that he went to the university in South Dakota. Everything else, from the claim that Bremseth carries a Beretta 9mm on his person while at work, his disdain for a potential female president, his comments that Trump would kick arse, and his college-era preference for 18th-century French philosophers and the New England Patriots, is complete fiction, says Bremseth. Anyone who knows anything about me, this portrayal is furthest from what I stand for. Perhaps the oddest fiction in a list of many is Ray Alosha's prediction of Bremseth as someone who would like to marry soon, but he has not yet been in a serious relationship with a woman. He has also never been to the ocean. We can attest that Bremseth has been to the ocean by his account many times and is currently happily involved in a multi-year cohabitational relationship with a woman named Amber. In fact, he posted a picture of the two of them on his Facebook page in front of all things, an ocean! Imagine that! So I don't know what this guy was thinking peddling this garbage other than the fact that he wanted to reaffirm stereotypes about middle America, which, okay, all fine and dandy, but don't you think that this stuff could easily be fact-checked? Are you so? Do you have so much faith or, I guess, so little faith in your industry, as it were, that they wouldn't bother to fact-check this stuff? Uh, let me read one more. Uh, one of the claims that Ray Alosius made in his piece was there: there is a cinema outside of town where fast food stores are lit up. In this cinema, a flat rectangular building, there are two fir- films on a Friday evening. This one, the one, uh, La La Land, Running in Empty Rows, is a musical, a romance about artists in L.A. The other, American Sniper, a war film by Clint Eastwood, is sold out. The film is actually already two years old. Almost 40 million Americans have seen it, but it still runs in Fergus Falls. So the insinuation is clear. These backwood hicks don't appreciate culture and the arts that they would get out of a film like La La Land, but they're just a bunch of 
uh, uh, mouth-breathing, you know, gun-toting hicks. So, of course, they're going to go see American Sniper that's run on a regular rotation for two years now. When, in fact, this anecdote that supported Ray Losha's exaggerated story of an immigrant-fearing, gun-obsessed small-town one was the easiest to fact-check, and yet the strangest, most random lie for him to craft. American Sniper, American Sniper definitely has not played in Fergus Falls since its first and only run in 2015. To be sure, we even reached out to Isaac Wunderlich, the manager of the West Ridge Theater. I, and again, Klaus uh, Realosius of Der Spiegel has been fired from the magazine, and this uh, from a guy who won a 2013, 2014 Journalism Award for CNN. Again, I don't remember the particular name of the award. It doesn't really matter. Uh, stunning. Absolutely stunning. And again, this is, this, is the, this is the gap you're continuing to divide, the bridge you can, that you have to kind of bring together here. Is so many Trump supporters are so skeptical of the media that even when they are presented with actual facts, they refuse to acknowledge them because it hurts their guy, Trump. But then when you come out with stuff like this to caricature Trump supporters in a small town in Minnesota, all right, how are you supposed to close that credibility gap? All right? Now, a lot of the things that I've said it many times in this program, a lot of the things that President Trump chides as fake news or dismisses as fake news is negative news about his administration, which are easily verifiable. Okay? So the president does a great disservice, and when he calls the media the enemy of the people. But then when you get someone like this peddling this kind of garbage that is so blatantly false and easily fact-checked, and he ends up losing his job over it, uh, I, I don't... It's stunning to me how you can be so indignant about people calling you fake news when this kind of stuff is perpetuated. So it's best that mainstream media folks come out and roundly criticize this piece as well. Ah, disgusting. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. You don't have the time to fight mall crowds or shop at a store where you may not get the attention you need. With one trip to Wix and Jewelers, you'll see more exceptional pieces of jewelry than you will driving all around the Twin Cities. And Wix and Jewelers will be open every day until Christmas, including Sundays. Wixon's highly trained staff will really take care of you and help you choose the perfect gift, even if you're not sure what that is. When she opens the box from Wix and Jewelers, she'll think you shop for weeks. Visit Wix and Jewelers, just off 35W in Bloomington. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night? Or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com, and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. 
go to relieffactor.com. Ask yourself, if you built a van for your business, where would you start? At the beginning, of course, with the people who invented the work van over 100 years ago, Mercedes-Benz. You'd give your new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter advanced technology and safety to keep you connected and protected. You'd make it available in diesel and gas, and there would be thousands of configurations and upfits to choose from. You build it right here in the USA, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves nothing less than a van that's built for you. Introducing the all-new Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, the safest, most innovative Sprinter yet, starting at just $33,790. Built for you, the all-new Sprinter, built in the USA. Mercedes-Benz, vans, born to run. MSRP, excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, model availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Equipment described as optional. 2019 Mercedes-Benz printer available soon. How can you draw closer to God and increase your knowledge of His Word? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. By reading four chapters a day, you'll read the entire Bible in less than a year. Or pick a specific topic, such as the life of Christ or the New Testament. Choose among more than 20 free Bible reading plans from 45 to 100 days. BibleStudyTools.com lets you choose your favorite translation. Track your progress and grow your faith online at BibleStudyTools.com. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Again, feel free to uh, uh, comment via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Regarding today's show content, as always, we appreciate you tuning in on this uh, holiday weekend, Christmas right around the corner. Hopefully you're taking a break from your Christmas shopping and uh, tuning into the broadcast today. I want to move on to our first guest of the broadcast today. Alexandra DeSanctis is a writer for National Review. And, of course, I cite National Review's work often on this broadcast. Just uh, check out their fantastic work at nationalreview.com. Alexandra penned a column this past week entitled The Progressive Patriarchy, talking about the transgender movement and how that in modern feminism is kind of a uh, clashing, shall we say, and it kind of came to the head this past Sunday at the Miss Universe pageant, and my listeners know very well that I'm the MC of the local Miss Minnesota pageant within the Miss America system. It's a different system than Miss Universe, but uh, obviously I was paying rapt attention given that culture and this uh, world of pageantry collided, and Alexandra's here to uh, weigh in on her piece and talk a little bit about the uh, movement itself. So, Alexandra DeSanctis, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Good to have you on. Thank you, Brad. Great to be with you. Uh, I guess we'll start with this. Uh, I was, uh, fo- you know, as I pretty much as I watch any sports program or maybe uh, when I tune into pageants, like I say, I have a rapt interest in those. Uh, I, I take to live tweeting, and I saw some tweets you put out about how the uh, uh, first ever transgender contestant for Miss Universe, uh, Ale- uh, let me sure I get the name right, Ale- Angela uh, Ponce of Miss Spain, the first ever transgender contestant. In the 66-year history of Miss Universe, uh, this is something that uh, has been brewing for quite a while, kind of the clash of, uh, uh, of uh, cultural movements between the modern feminism and uh, the transgender movement. Uh, why don't you expound a little bit upon your piece, uh, the progressive patriarchy and kind of how these uh, particular movements are coming to a head, Alexandra DeSanctis? Sure. So, I mean, I think on one hand, um, there are a lot of conservatives who think to themselves, 
what is transgenderism? Where did this come from? Why is there a biological male competing in Miss Universe among women? And that's obviously a fair conversation that we ought to be having. But it also occurred to me watching this as, you know, a lot of people in the media, people on the left are, are hailing this Miss Spain as, you know, groundbreaking and historical. Um, but that really conflicts actually with an, an existing dogma of the left, which is that, you know, uh, womanhood is sort of this unique thing and women uh, deserve to be, um, you know, respected and empowered and autonomous individuals free from the influence of, you know, what they would call white male privilege or male oppression. And, and I think there's a pretty obvious conflict between these two ideas, because now we have this Miss Spain, who, whose presence in this universe is telling us that actually a man, someone born a biological male, uh, can in fact be a woman. And so I think um, the left is going to have to probably deal with this, um, this mutual incompatibility here of these two ideas. Uh, have you ever seen a, a movement like the transgender movement where there almost seems to be uh, for lack of a better term, a fascist tendency on the left. And what I mean by that, particularly on Twitter, where they came up with this odd uh, term, I don't know if you've seen it, called dead naming. Basically, Caitlyn Jenner, one of the more noteworthy transgenders out there, whereas if you refer to her by Bruce, Twitter threatens to uh, ban you because you're calling her by uh, her former name, her uh, other gender name. And I mean, have you ever seen a movement like this where you basically can't ask questions or make inquiries like you made in your piece, Alexandra? I think it's it's pretty uncommon, at least in my time observing politics. I've never seen anything like it. And in fact, Twitter has banned um, a, a feminist woman, a, a radical feminist left wing right. feminist um, for saying that a man is not a woman, essentially. And, and uh, they're calling this dead naming and saying, you know, you really can't speak against this ideology. And to me, I think this is just evidence that the ideology itself is so weak. If you can't have anybody uh, you know, voice any kind of criticism or, you know, any kind of opinion that doesn't go right along with the dogma. To me, it, that, it sounds like you're building a house of cards. And if anybody, you know, just makes the slightest movement, it all falls down. That, that's the only time you have to just utterly silence dissent like that. One of the, uh, I guess, kind of the tenets of the uh, feminist movement back uh, decades ago was what uh, fe- uh, women were considered uh, uniquely oppressed and therefore men had could not relate to their plight, couldn't understand the oppression they were going through. And if that's still kind of their core tenet here, uh, and as you alluded to, uh, if we can't understand their plight, then how in the world can a biological male actually be a woman, Alexander DeSantis? I mean, I wish I could explain that part. That's sort of the the fundamental, the heart of the the transgender ideology is the idea that someone who's born a biological male could, in fact, whether based on, you know, his feelings or um, something like that, some sort of uh, mental... Um, something in his, his mind could actually be a woman, a woman born in a male body. And so to them, to people who embrace this, it's not a man pretending to be a woman or acting like a woman or dressing like a woman. It's a man who is a woman. And so uh, I think that in itself is fundamentally so anti-feminist. It's, it's a man claiming the mantle of womanhood simply by saying that sure. she was born a woman. And I, I've never heard of anything more unfeminist than that, more patriarchal. One thing that you alluded to is, uh, and I want to get back to that. It was a, uh, I forget, I forget her name, the uh, uh, radical feminist woman who uh, basically called out the transgender movement for what it is, and thus subsequently was banned by Twitter. Uh, do you get a sense that there are a lot of progressive feminist women who feel the same way as this one did, basically uh, showing how the transgender movement is flying in the face of modern feminism? Do you, do you get a sense that a lot of other women believe that way, but therefore are maybe hesitant to speak out on this because of the, the backlash that seems to come with this, Alexandra? 
You know, it's not a, a very prominent uh, segment of the left, but it's prominent enough that uh, people who embrace transgender ideology have come up with a term for women like this. They call them trans-exclusionary radical feminists. It's a, the acronym is TERF, and they throw this at, at anybody, any woman who expresses the, you know, maybe uh-huh. any kind of hesitation about transgender ideology. So I don't think it's a big part of the left, um, but it's obviously very present on the right, and I, I have to imagine it'll grow as sort of the transgender movement becomes more, um, let's say, uh, coercive over time. You'd have to think people will push back against that a little bit more. No, I, I certainly don't want to uh, diminish individuals' uh, mindset. I mean, if they if they feel if they're born one gender and feel that they're they're another, uh, certainly that's a, that's an issue that a lot of people will cite that as a, as a mental health issue that should be addressed more seriously, and therefore we shouldn't be in indulging this or, or or celebrating it like we are. But nevertheless, we're at this point uh, in society. Uh, do you get a sense that when it's when it's noticed how the trans community is being celebrated, well, particularly in front of millions of people at the Miss Universe pageant. I mean, I believe Miss Spain got a, like a two-minute standing ovation from the crowd there, and of course it was seen in front of millions of people. Uh, do you think this could be like a lot of other issues where someone sees it as kind of the cool, hip thing to do? They don't really feel like they're the other gender, but because it gains such a large notoriety and is celebrated so so prominently that... People might say, ah, what the heck, I'll go and identify the other gender. I mean, that kind of seems to be the natural progression here, Alexandra. I think it's a possibility, and I'm particularly concerned about that among children because children are obviously so impressionable to begin with, and they're figuring out a lot of things about themselves. If they're suddenly being taught in schools, which is increasingly happening, that, hey, a lot of the times men are born in women's bodies and vice versa, maybe you should figure out what's going on with you if you might actually be the opposite sex. A lot of kids, and this has been been shown through studies, some studies, that kids actually do start to think that more frequently if they have kids Mm. who have access to material like this or they're watching shows about, you know, transgender children who are transitioning. The incidence of of kids who identify as the other gender goes up. And this is a really, you know, complex area of social science, and it certainly hasn't been hammered out by any means. So I don't mean to make any claims about the data for sure, but I think that's one of my worries is that uh, children in particular, as this becomes part of our culture, will actually be a lot more confused about something that's historically, and for very good reason, been pretty simple. Have you been following the story? I I think there was was an 11-year-old boy who was dressing up in drag as as an 11-year-old girl, and they were I believe it was an establishment maybe in Brooklyn. They were throwing dollar bills at this boy, basically doing a drag show. Did you hear anything about that, Alexandra? I did read a little bit about the reporting on that. That's and I insane. think that's so concerning. And just think for a second, if that was a girl doing that, yes. everybody would be up in arms, and rightly so. And yet, because it's a boy in drag, we have to celebrate that and, and say that it's normal and acceptable. And, and and for all of the concern, and legitimate concern, I, I, I dare say, and the advocacy that's going on to try to combat sex trafficking, I mean, something like this makes children very vulnerable to that very practice. And once again, we're seeing these conflicts on the left, Alexandra. It's very, yeah, I think it's very indicative of a problem on the left, which is so often these ideologies that they cling to are incoherent and do not hold together. And they're trying to mash all these ideas together and, you know, prevent, you know, stop from going down these roads that are currently socially unacceptable. Like, you know, imagine 10 years ago, a story like this came up. I think people, again, would have been up in arms, but because they're pushing the barriers back on so many things, uh, they have to try and hold it all together. It's really not turning out very well. 
And I know you alluded in, in your piece, again, it's entitled The uh, Progressive Patriarchy, written by Alexandra DeSanctis at uh, the National Review. Again, check out nationalreview.com. But I know you alluded to this in your in your piece about uh, this uh, this trend we have for intersectionality, whereas the the more you have on your scorecard, if you're you're female, minority, trans, uh, I guess the more oppressed you've been and therefore the more credibility you have within the political arena. This this just seems to kind of be an, an extension of that, of anything. I don't know that people so much worry about the mental harm this may cause on kids and, and people as they get older, as much as it is just, again, another classic uh, thing that they could politicize. No, that's right. And I think we're seeing the left right now transition into this mode of viewing everything through the lens of identity politics. And a huge part of that is intersectionality and you're know, looking for the biggest victim and whoever's experienced the most oppression or whatever you know minority group or identity group has experienced the most victimization uh, naturally kind of rises to the top of the pack. And I think that creates, on one hand, a, a very powerful political movement because you're kind of melding these different interest groups together. But at the same time, you're pitting them against one another in this competition to be the biggest victim so that they can have the most political influence. And to me, I think that's not really the sign of a successful political movement if you're, all your in-groups are fighting with one another for influence. Uh, in your time observing politics, Alexander, what... <sighs> Can you point to maybe, uh, or is there a defining moment in your opinion where this movement really kind of took foothold? I mean, we I know we talk about former President Obama's uh, social experiments during his presidency, but can you think of a defining moment where this uh, particular movement really took foothold and, and thus has gained the momentum it has today? You know, I'm not sure exactly where it would have started, but I do think that, you know, Bruce Jenner uh, very publicly coming out and transitioning to become, or to begin calling himself Caitlyn Jenner was a huge part of it. I think that was to my, at least in my memory, that the first time that there was kind of a big cultural focus on this issue and somebody prominent who everybody knew about as a man, who was sure. famous as a man, um, you know, becoming a woman or trying to transition to a woman. And it happened on the, you know, the family show, the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So everyone kind of saw the evolution of that process. And I think for a lot of people that probably started to normalize the issue or at least put it in the public consciousness in a way that it hadn't been before. It's funny you bring that up because whenever I talk, and I happen to watch an interview he did with Diane Sawyer, I think it was about three and a half years ago, where it was pretty much known that was what he was going to announce, and then he made it official. And uh, I, I often remark, and it's and, and, it, and it's humorous, but at the same time, it is, a, it is an indication of where we are in society today. Uh, Bruce, now Caitlyn Jenner, uh, people were more shocked that that uh, Caitlyn Jenner considered herself a conservative Republican as opposed to a trans. That's where we are in this uh, point in time, uh, Alexander. What a time to be alive, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so true. I remember very recently uh, Caitlyn Jenner had to apologize for having supported Trump. So apparently uh, that's um, that's where everyone's mind is at these days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, we saw recently, I don't know if you've been following uh, along as well, uh, uh, Chad Felix Green at the, at the Federalist wrote a uh, piece about how he was attacked more for being a conservative than he is a a gay man, and then someone came out with a piece at Deadspin refuting that, uh, his particular article, and it's like, you couldn't have gotten a better uh, a validation of his feelings than uh, Deadspin coming up without that saying gay conservatives should basically shut the blank up. So uh, that's where we are at this uh, point in time in our political discourse, Alexander. What a what a crazy time. It's very unfortunate, even as we watch uh, men compete in Miss Universe now, just where are we headed? <laughs> Absolutely. Once again, we've been joined by Alexandra DeSanctis. Again, check out her and her fantastic colleagues at uh, National Review, uh, nationalreview.com. Uh, Alexandra, we only have about a, a minute or so left. Uh, any other uh, venues where we can uh, catch your fantastic work, uh, podcasts, uh, periodicals, that sort of thing? 
Yes, I actually uh, co-host a, a National Review podcast called Ordered Liberty with my colleague, uh, one of our senior writers, David French, and we talk oh, like quite a bit about issues like this, culture, religion, uh, politics, current events, so would love to have any of your listeners hop on over. You can find that at our website or uh, iTunes. Google Play, wherever you get your podcast. Absolutely. Well, we're also big fans of, uh, of David French here as well, so I appreciate you giving up the giving us the heads up on that, Alexandra. Once again, Alexandra DeSanctis at National Review. Check out their fantastic work at nationalreview.com. Alexandra, appreciate your time today. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and uh, your family, and uh, have a blessed holiday season, and hope to catch up with you in the future. Same to you, Brad. Thanks so much. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. By golly, have a holly jolly Christmas this year. AM 1280, The Patriot. Here's a radio program that will push the limits, test the claims, and is not shy about telling you the facts of home products that have been hyped on local and national advertisements. The Home Science Show is for anyone who has picked up a hammer or owned a home. Dmitry Lipinski and Chris Linder put their years of knowledge and experience as owners of home improvement companies to use for you. This show is rated E for entertaining and R for reactions after you hear the truth. Each Sunday morning at 10, here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Come on into the Rack Shack's new Egan location and wrap your taste buds around the Patriot Burger. Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, here with Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue. How are you liking that new Egan location? Oh man, Egan is wonderful. We have so much more space and a dynamic center that allows us to better serve our in-store customer as well as our catering clients. You know, Keith, our listeners love the Patriot Burger almost as much as the Patriot. It's a brisket and chuck half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top and the American flag proudly flies out of the top of the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Get it? $12.80? Best burger in the USA. You really have to try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue's new Egan location. We're just a mile east of Cedar Avenue on Cliff Road in the heart of Cedar Cliff Center. You'll love our new digs. Come and see us today or join us at RackShackBarbecue.com. We've worked hard our entire lives to provide for our families and retirement. We've entrusted others to make decisions with our investments. Don't you want to be in control of your financial freedom? Learn to be the best steward of your own money. Join us at Online Trading Academy for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA or go to learnwithota.com. Again, pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. Giving your computer problems a boot. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being proper. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Welcome back, 
1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. It's uh, it is kind of an odd juxtaposition, I will say, to uh, be talking about some pretty serious, in-depth subjects while playing something as soothing as Christmas music. I, I don't know what your mileage may vary, but uh, I'll, I'll get through it regardless. Love me, the Wilson sisters. It's not Wilson Phillips. Uh, they didn't. Feel China Phillips was worthy to join this uh, particular Christmas album. So it's just the Wilson sisters, Carney and Wendy Wilson, singing Hey Santa on that one. One of my uh, favorite Christmas tunes. Again, that's the theme of the today's bumper music, my favorite Christmas songs. And uh, obviously there's some classic Christmas songs that we've been playing, but I uh, will play my favorite cover versions of those songs. So there you have it. Uh, we only got a few minutes to go. And we appreciate Alexander DeSanctis again joining us last segment. And I did want to expound upon... Uh, a little bit on the uh, 11-year-old boy dressed in drag uh, that we were talking about. If you hadn't heard that story, it's just absolutely shocking. And what's what's probably the most shocking about this is how it's just they're attempting to mainstream something like this, to normalize it. Like say, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it, it's newsworthy, and uh, um, therefore it'll get to the – and if something is blasted out prominently on the news, it's just kind of the first step in a natural progression of it. Uh, becoming normalized. So uh, this is from a Daily Wire story. On December 1st, an 11-year-old boy dressed in drag danced on stage in a sexual manner at a gay bar in Brooklyn, New York, called $3 Bill. The child, Desmond uh, Naples, Naples, Desmond Naples, I believe is the name, how to pronounce the name, was dressed as a Gwen Stefani lookalike, full drag makeup, a blonde wig, and crop top included, as he bounced around on stage to no doubts like a girl, and collected dollar bills from male adults viewing the number. The Daily Wire has reviewed and confirmed the quote-unquote performance through video and and photo posts on social media, but has chosen not to link to the exploitative footage. Good call, Daily Wire. The performance first flagged by YouTuber Yosef Ozia was promoted on Eventbrite by $3 Bill. Only in New York, a nightclub that makes you go, whoa, reads the promotion. Featuring upcoming legend from television and the runway, Desmond is amazing, performing live. This stage, this dance floor, this house is ours as long as we protect it. And, you know, as we talked about in our conversation with with, with Alexandra, this is just beyond uh, socially unacceptable. But imagine, again, if it were a bunch of, heterosexual men throwing dollar bills at an 11-year-old girl, 11-year-old, eh, how outrageous that would be, and and rightly so. So I don't understand how this is different. How is it different? How is this more socially acceptable? Where a, a young boy dressed in drags dancing provocatively in, in front of gay men, how is this more socially acceptable? It, it, it stunning to me, and again, we're, we've told. I, I also alluded to last segment about there has been an epidemic, an issue regarding sex trafficking, and how young people are the most vulnerable uh, with uh, re- among that. 
So how how is talking about a young who, by the way, I guess this young man was about five or six when he got into that RuPaul's Drag Race and then decided, hey, that looks pretty cool. And his parents indulged in this. I, I there are just some things that I I, I you know I've only got a, a couple of seconds left, so I can't really develop this, but uh, uh, this is something that needs to 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 be publicized because this kind of thing for young children, how they're being ex- exploited. Uh, I don't think I'm overstating it a bit that that's just that that's just downright twisted. And I, I dare say from the pits of hell, I'm sorry. It's, it's that shocking to me. So anyways, we'll wrap up this first hour AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance radio network. We're going to talk some local issues in the second hour right here on the Northern Alliance radio network with me, Brad Carlson, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Coming up with hour number two on the broadcast in mere moments. Go nowhere. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife, so I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it, trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free, no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now. 1-800-981-0472. That's 1-800-981-0472. 1-800-981-0472. We can all agree that a good education benefits students, their family, and society as a whole. Education shapes your child into the person they will become. Join your local hosts, Rebecca Hagstrom and Mark Durkin, as they explore how to get the best education for your child while ensuring that the values you're teaching at home are being respected. From cursive to curriculum and everything in between, school is now in session. Education Nation, Saturdays at 6 p.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Are you a member of our rewards program? Yeah, I had the card here somewhere. We've all been there, rustling around for a rewards card you can't seem to find. At AM 1280 The Patriot, we've simplified the process. All the perks, none of the hassle. It's the Freedom Fan Club, where you'll get early access to tickets, exclusive content, prizes, and more. Sign up at am1280thepatriot.com. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. 
National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. AM 1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Fueled by Lucky Station.